This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 3-1 pitch, swing and a drive. Deep to right field, way up there, way out of here. Goodbye baseball. Eight strikeouts for the King tonight and make it... 23 consecutive scoreless innings for Phoenix. Strike three called on the outside corner, and there it is. It's time for the Seattle Mariners baseball podcast. Kyle Seager, that just happened. Thank you very much. Now, here's your host, Gary Hill. All right. Welcome to Mariners Pod. Gary Hill here. Thanks for being here. This should be a fun one, right? As the Mariners get a big win, a much-needed win, and they do it in grand fashion. We're going to hear the outstanding call in a couple of minutes from Aaron Goldsmith. We're also going to hear another outstanding call of the final home run from another source, and I guarantee it, you are going to love it. So that comes up in a few minutes as well. This is a jammed full podcast. We're going to hear from the king, Felix Hernandez, Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with Felix. And in honor of the Mariners' first stolen base of the season, we're going to hear from Rick Riz. He's going to talk to the cruiser, Julio Cruz, who certainly knows a thing or two about stolen bases. So those come up. Highlights come up. So this will be a good time. Mariners off today, so no baseball today but i'm really looking forward to the podcast tomorrow uh it's one of my favorite days of the baseball calendar one of my favorite days of the year friday is jackie robinson day in the big league so we're going to celebrate that on the podcast coming up on friday there's going to be some sensational stuff uh surrounding jackie robinson I i think you'll really enjoy it some of you have probably heard some of it before and some of it's probably new so I'm looking forward to Friday and the Jackie Robinson celebration. First things first, though, let's celebrate this one as the Mariners taking on the Texas Rangers, looking to salvage the finale of the series. It was A.J. Griffin. It was Taiwan Walker and a very unusual first inning. It's not very often that you see both pitchers throw roughly 30 pitches in the first inning and not a run score. So both pitchers... On the ropes a little bit in the first, but both pitchers survive the first inning. And Taiwan Walker ends up really settling down and pitching very well. Taiwan's 3-2. Desmond swings, hits a chopper back to the mound. Taiwan off the mound, third base side. Arm extended, puts the glove on it, swivels his hips, makes a throw to first base, right on the money. Desmond is retired, and the tie-in run is stranded at first. And Taiwan Walker has gone six frames here tonight from Safeco Field. And now Taiwan Walker is really getting into it with Laz Diaz, the home plate umpire. Wow. Boy, Taiwan letting Laz have a piece of his mind. Yeah, he did. He wasn't real pleased as uh, it was a little inconsistent at times, the strike zone. So letting his feelings be known. But Taiwan Walker ends up going six. 
Five hits, one run, two walks, and four strikeouts. Really impressive, too, considering how rough the first inning was in terms of laboring and pitch count and everything else. He really settled in, and especially given a couple guys down in the bullpen. Six innings, pretty key in this one. So Taiwan Walker pitching well, just giving up the one run. For the M's, they would break through in the third inning to pick up their first run of the ball game. And then in the fourth inning, they would grab their first stolen base of the season. Here's the set. There he goes. And a throw over to first base. And Martin just walks into second base because Griffin went to first. Instead of stepping off, he made the move to first. The throw went to Mitch Moreland. Moreland took a look down at second. No chance to get Martin, who left way too early. But he gets in there, and there it is. The Mariners' first stolen base of the season. And he walked into second. <laughs> So nice to see their first stolen bag of the year. The Mariners, though, held off the board in the fourth. And then in the bottom of the fifth, the M's would strike and take the lead. The 0-1 swing and a well-hit ball deep to right field. Mariners have the lead 2-1. Goodbye baseball. Out by the hit at here cafe. Robbie with home run number five. All of them against the Texas Rangers. And it's now the Mariners 2 and the Rangers 1. And maybe that's the spark the Mariners have been looking for. Yeah, that is interesting. All five of his home runs this year against the Texas Rangers. And it's funny when you look at it, the most home runs by a Mariner against the Rangers in a season, it was 1994. Ken Griffey Jr. hit eight home runs against the Rangers. What's most interesting about that is he did it in ten games. Ten games against the Rangers, he hit eight home runs. So Cano, fifth now uh five five home runs against the rangers that ties him for third with a few guys nelson cruz last year hit six against texas and that tied him with edgar who did it once hit six home runs against the rangers in a season brett boone did it twice jim presley and kyle seager in 2013 all hit six home runs in a season against texas but already cano with five there are a lot of games to go against the texas rangers this season so that bears watching the next time these two teams get together so the Mariners a two to one lead and that would last until the eighth inning when again the Rangers would play long ball Delano to Shields would tie it with a solo jack so it's two to two going to extra innings and then Steve Ciszek very good two inning outing for the Mariners the line, the one-two, swing and a miss for strike three as he gets him with a breaking ball outside again. DeShields went fishing for it. And for Steve Ciszek, it's six up, six down, and he strikes out the side in order in the top of the 10th inning. Yeah, that was solid all the way around. Two innings pitched for Ciszek. No hits, no runs, no walks, and three punch-outs all on 27 pitches, 19 strikes, ultra-efficient, and it set up some heroics for the Mariners in the 10th inning. So to set the table, here's how the 10th inning worked for the Mariners. Diekman was on for the Rangers, the hard-throwing lefty. He can really bring it. Robinson Cano would fly out to start the inning, and then Nelson Cruz would reach on a fielding error by Odor. Kyle Seeger grounded into a force out. Beltre to Odor, so... Cruz is out at second base, so Kyle Seeger on first base. 
There's two outs, bottom of the 10th inning. Deho Lee on to pinch hit, and he gets in a hole. A 97-mile-per-hour fastball for a called strike to start the at-bat, and then he fouls off a 95-mile-per-hour pitch, another 95-mile-per-hour fastball. So the count is 0-2 against Deho Lee. The 0-2, swing and a drive, smash left field, Desmond, track, wall, gone! Deho Lee wins it for the Mariners! Pitch hit, two-run bomb from Deho Lee with two outs in the bottom of the 10th inning. 4-2, Mariners win it. They avoid the sweep, and their first win at home this season is a dog pile at home plate on top of Day Holy. If there's anybody that can take it, it's that guy. Day Holy, the game winner, the two-run jack, and the Mariners get their first home victory of the season. Great call there from Aaron Goldsmith. I'm going to give you another call of the game-winning home run that I think you're really going to enjoy. <laughs> really going to enjoy. This is from... NBC Sports, and this is how it sounded when Day Holy won the game. 정말 빠른 강속구를 던지기 때문에 린들은 안 된다고 본 거예요. Yeah. The call from NBC Sports, South Korea. <laughs> I hope you enjoy that. I love that call. I've listened to it like 90 times already. <laughs> Feel free to, at this point, I'll pause really quick to just give you a chance to rewind the podcast to that spot again and listen again, and then you can find this spot easier. So quick pause. Okay, and you can always find this spot again <laughs> and resume the podcast after listening to that call, I don't know, 40 or 50 times. Might as well go back to the beginning of Aaron's call. Just listen to both. Sensational, sensational calls as the Mariners get the win over the Texas Rangers, 4-2. to two. And as you can imagine, Mariners pretty happy with this one. Hishak, his reaction on the field after the win. Steve, what was that like being in the dugout and seeing that ball off of the bat? Oh, it was awesome. Uh, we we're all very excited, not only to win, obviously, but for Dejo. I mean, that's a huge at-bat. And he had a great at-bat against Diekman the other day. I mean, he was right on his stuff, and, man, he timed him up perfect right there. These are the things that you look for early. You guys are still getting to know. You got to know each other in the clubhouse all spring. Now you're getting to know each other on the field. Yeah, you know, and what better way to get to know each other than to, you know, come out with a walk-off win just to end this homestand, you know. It's a tough homestand for us, but just to – take this momentum hopefully into the next uh, series here just on the road it's, it's gonna be huge for us and you gave them two innings to give them the chance to do that we don't see that very often yeah you know we were uh you know the bullpen was um you know a little bit down today you know we had some guys that have been pitching a lot lately just eating up innings and i just wanted to go out there and do whatever i could to put up a zero 
you know, we're still getting to know you a little bit and to see the strikeout, 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 to see the slider that we saw, then to see the fire. You showed a little emotion after that last strikeout. Yeah, you know, I still had a little pent-up uh, frustration from uh, the homer I gave up a couple outings ago and uh, felt good just to put up two zeros right there. I was, ho I was hoping to get the team fired up with uh, three quick outs and I was able to do it and, you know, I'm just glad we won. Don't get mad, get even. That's right, yeah. Just this first week, I know it's been tough, but how important is it that you guys get out of here with this win right now and, and have that off day to just kind of take it in? It's huge, especially a win like that. You know, it's, you know, extra innings, you know, walk off, you know, first walk off for Dejo. You know, that, that's what brings the team together. And going into tomorrow, we get to relax, enjoy this win, but then we get back to business when we face the Yankees. Remarkable. Uh, that home run is amazing on many levels to me. One, Deekman, you watch him pitch, and you wonder how anyone hits him at all. I mean, he is just blowing straight gas. I mean, 97, 95, that home run, a 97-mile-per-hour fastball. It's just filthy, bringing it. Hadn't given up a run this year, and he gets taken yard. And, you know, 0-2 pitches in general, you just don't see home runs on 0-2 pitches all that often. So I started to look into Mariners' home runs on 0-2 pitches. And really, before 1988, it, it's just the data's not really there. So kind of take 1988 on. So essentially, the start of Ken Griffey Jr.'s career till now. And it's startling how few 0-2 pitches home runs there have been. I mean, the leader, Ken Griffey Jr., who I think a lot of us would assume would lead the Mariners in 0-2 pitch home runs. He actually doesn't. He's second in franchise history. And again, from 88 on, so franchise history is probably not the most accurate term. But King Griffey Jr. in his career, 11 0-2 pitch home runs in his career. The leader, I bet many of you would not guess this, but Jay Buhner, 14 home runs on 0-2 pitches in his Mariners career. But you know, Edgar Martinez had five. Dan Wilson had four. Kyle Seegers had four. I mean, these are guys with tons of plate appearances and at-bats in Mariners history. And it's such a small number considering the at-bats and the number of plate appearances. Nelson Cruz hit two last year, two home runs on 0-2 pitches. Ichiro had one in his Mariners career. Tino Martinez had one. It just gives you an idea that it just doesn't happen very often, and it doesn't happen very often when a guy's blowing 97 to the dish. And then on top of that, for it to happen with two outs in the 10th inning and extra innings and be a game-winning home run, it just adds up to something pretty special. And especially for Dejo Lee in his first year in the big leagues, in his first handful of games in the big leagues, and what a special moment it was for him, and what a big win it was for the Mariners. Four to two over the Rangers. Here's what the skipper thought of this one. Your reaction? My reaction. Uh, whew. Yeah, deep breath. Uh, uh, really great effort by our club today. Taiwan Walker was was awesome, and really really dialed it up late in the game with a pitch count. You know, they ran some uh, long at bats against them in the first inning, and. Trying to get him through six, just where we're at with our bullpen, and, and he really stepped up and, and got some big outs late in his outing. So, um, exciting game. Uh, we really, really needed it. Um, you know, 
the makeup of our club is, you know, we have a lot of guys that care about each other, and they want to be good. They want to have a good year, you know, and, and they want to win a lot of games. But, you know, it gets, it's beyond that. You know, you, you got to show up every day, and you got to find a way. And, and today we found a way to get done. Yeah, no, I think, you know, for him, when we first got to spring training, how was he going to handle the velocity? There was concerns there. But, you know, the thing that we kept seeing was he is able to make adjustments. He, he cuts down the leg kick. He cuts down his swing uh, to, to make contact. And he's, he's plenty strong enough that if he does square it up, you know, he's, he's got enough power. So, um, you know, he, he makes adjustments. Uh, I will give him a ton of credit uh, along the way. And he's played a lot of baseball. I've said that multiple times. But this guy's played a lot of international baseball. And, you know, uh, good for us today. He got on top. I don't know how he got on top of that pitch. But it uh, says a lot for, for his ability. It looked like he almost got on top of the pitch before, right, 95. You know, he had a good up-bat against Deekman the other night. And, uh, you know, it was, it was just his spot to hit, you know, obviously based on, on how we're built. And, uh, you know, thank God he got it. After a rough start to the home really big two innings for you. Really, really big. And, you know, we, kind of where we're at with our bullpen, he threw so well and didn't have a ton of pitches in the first inning in the ninth tonight. So I um, thought it would be best to, to run him out there. And uh, I'm really glad that, uh, he, we did and, and he really picked us up. What about the stuff that you'd seen from him before? And yeah, you know, the big thing, too, you know, he, he's fired up. showed a little emotion uh, after getting the final out there, which is great to see. I, I've said it often. I want our guys to... To have fun, and it's okay to show emotion once in a while. It was really it good. Like Taiwan showed a lot of emotion. Yes, tonight. it was an important game. You know, the guys got together after the game last night, and you know, talked about some things, and you know, they really wanted to get out and, and get it done today. We impressed with his poise, though. Stuff was going wrong in that first inning, and there were some bad breaks, and he seemed to never really get too flustered. Yeah, he, he really did keep it together, um, and he's he's growing up, uh, uh, maturing um, before our eyes here. They got a chance to have a big year for us, and you know, it took him a little while. We didn't see the big fastball till real late, when he kind of dug deep and got a little extra, which was nice to see. Another hiccup for Walter. Yeah, it's crazy. They don't hit doubles. They hit homers against us. <laughs> it's been wild uh, uh, in this homestand. Uh, you know, breaking ball in the middle of the plate. Uh, DeShields put a good swing on it. Uh, we're going to need Peralta. Uh, we'll continue to give him the ball, but he's got to be, you know, you come in those tie games or that one-run lead there late, you know, you got to be very fine, and the mistakes in this league will get you. Do you think you'll get Benoit for this, this weekend? Series? Yeah, the, the report today, uh, he felt very good. He threw. Um, fully expect him. Uh, fingers crossed he'll be available uh, Friday night in New York. So there it was. That's good news, too, if Benoit's available in New York, obviously, for that series coming up. We'll preview that series in the podcast tomorrow, the Jackie Robinson special. We'll talk about the series coming up for the M's after the off day today. Last bit, Taiwan Walker, let's get his thoughts on what was turned out to be a very good start and a very necessary start for the M's. Now, the goal was to go out there and, uh, and give the team the best chance to win, and uh, I thought like I did a pretty good job of that. Um, me and Chris were on the same page. You know, we uh, we uh, just went after them, you know, had a shaky first, but after that kind of just settled down and, uh, you know, make, made them put the ball in play and got out. Getting through that first, obviously a little adversity there. What yeah. do you go um, Just staying calm and uh, just trying to get a ground ball and hopefully get a double play or, uh, you know, a small pop-up and something. Uh, it was was able to work out of it. We saw a lot of extra emotion from you, it looked like, today. Yeah. What was the conversation you had with him? Um, you know, I just thought it was a pretty good pitch. Um, you know, I, I saw he was calling in, you know, just, you know, like you said, a lot of emotions, and you know, I really wanted that pitch, but uh, we got that out, so um, that was it. 
Taiwan a couple years ago, do you think you work out of that first, the way the jam was going, everything was kind of good in that space? Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like, you know, having a whole year in the big leagues and going through up and downs uh, definitely helped uh, me with, you know, situations like that where I got to keep my cool and um, make pitches, and I feel like I made pretty good pitches. Uh, command was pretty good. Velo wasn't the best today, but I feel like the command was pretty good today. The, the Velo kicked up in that last thing. Was that adrenaline? There? Yeah, I was just fired up, you know, really trying to get out of that inning, um, you know, and definitely helped. There it is. Mariners win the finale of the homestand 4-2 to on to New York. And, again, we'll talk about that coming up tomorrow. Right now, though, let's hear from Felix Hernandez, Shannon Dreyer, a chance to catch up with the King to talk about his first start after turning 30 years old. Felix, who just made his first start as a 30-year-old. And the question, first question, most important, how was the celebration? Did you did you have a 30-year-old birthday party? Oh, yeah, we had, yeah, I did. Um, I was at the party for, uh, for most of the whole team, and then it was really good. Hey, you came out and gave everybody, I think, a present watching that performance yesterday. Your old friends, the A's, on the other side. What's your mindset going into that game? I'm just having a good game. I mean, we came from uh, two losses, first two games. I'm just going to I'm just going out there trying to have a good game and just help the team to win. Now, the first outing out of the box, five walks, something we don't see from you. Yeah. What did you look at, and what did you do in the week to kind of try and get that under control? No, well, it was like side on the ball. I just got to get top of the ball and get my command back, and that's I work in the bullpen in Texas. And uh, it worked yesterday. I mean, I feel really good. Uh, had a good good command in all my pitches, and, and it's fun to pitch like that. Yeah, and an easy fix, too. I mean, once you see it, it sounds like Yeah, I mean, when you when you know yourself, when you know your body, when you know what you're doing, uh, it's, it's easy for, for you. And so Mel got you in the bullpen again. Yeah, he got me in the bullpen. Uh, I might throw one tomorrow again. Uh, if it works, it works. Uh, i got to keep doing it. <laughs> it's a little bit more than superstitious, though, isn't it? I mean, it feels right for you right now. Yeah, yeah, it feels right, but it's more superstitious, for real. Okay, you say it's superstitious, but you do get a little something out of throwing oh, yeah. the bullpen. Yeah, I get a little something. I mean, I feel good with my mechanic. Uh, just good command of the pitches. I don't throw, like, all my pitches. I like 15 fastball and, like, 5 forward change up. And the changeup and the curve, that looked like you had them very well yesterday. Yeah, the curve was really nice. I mean, it helped a lot. I mean, when I get command on a fastball and all the two pitches, uh, it's fun to pitch. Uh, changeup was really good, too. One little bit of trouble yesterday was that third inning, and it's pitch after pitch after pitch, and you're preventing the runs, and then Vote gives you that long at bat. Yeah, it was it was tough at bat. I mean, I think I threw 29 pitches, and, and I know Bo had my numbers a little bit, and uh, I just got to make a good pitch and get out of this inning. I mean, get a team chance to score runs and win this game. When he has your number like that, are you looking for a location or a pitch, or what do you go to when it is six, seven, eight pitches? Um, I mean, I try to throw everything out there. I mean, I throw a fastball, he followed off. I throw a curveball, he followed off. I throw a change, he take it. And I knew he was looking for something else between that change, and I took back-to-back change, I'm striking him out. Changeup is always a good one to go to. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely, for sure. And then after that, it was smooth sailing for you. Did you get something out of that? It was easy after that. I mean, it was easy. <laughs> I had more command and trying to go out there, have fun. And, and you know, when you get command of the fastball and they, they have the weak swing with the fastball, you got you know, you got to go out there and have fun. Uh, your manager comes over, talks to you about the next inning. You know yourself. You know your manager now, it seems like. You guys kind of good Good partnership and coming up with the decisions. Yeah, we talk. We talk before the uh, we, we talk in the seven and say how you feel. Say I'm getting there and then say you want to go out there and throw 150 pitch in the second start. And I was like, nah, that's not a good idea. And talk to Mel and he told me that's not a good idea. You just you're just gonna shut down and then we're gonna bring the bullpen back. I was like, oh, it's fine. 
How important is it to you to have an outing like that where you have the 10 strikeouts kind of very early? Oh, it's, it's nice. I mean, you know, people have been talking about Felix. It's not the same. And I, said, well, I mean, I'm always, I'm the same. And, you know, after the open day, five walks, I just got a second start and do the perform that I did. It feels good for me. When you had the five walks, what was in your mind at that point? I mean, you're not asking yourself questions, are you, other than no. little... No, I was not asking. I'm just trying to get out of those innings. I mean, when I walk to a lot of people, no, nah, I'm just, this is not me, so I just got to make an adjustment. That's all. That's all I tell myself. And now you're yourself? I'm myself, yeah. And what's Felix? Felix fun. This is true. Last question. Uh, you look out there. It's been a little bit of a tough go for the offense. You've seen that before, but this is a different te- team. What do you expect from them? It's early. It's early. I mean, they, you're just going to feel comfortable. And we're going to turn performance good, so we're not worried about it. This is a different team. I don't know how they, 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 put, they put the ball in play, and then we're going to hit. Felix, right. thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and now the perfect way to celebrate the Mariners' first stolen base of the season is for Rick Riz to sit down with Julio Cruz. Chance to visit with uh, former Seattle Mariner. He was a good one. Second baseman Julio Cruz now doing the Spanish broadcasts uh, here at home at Safeco. And Julio, I love watching you play second base, the way you turned the double play, the way you stole bases at one point in your career. You had 32 consecutive steals. Let's start off with that. What makes a good base stealer? Why were you so successful? Well, first of all, Rick, I eliminated the fear of getting picked off. And once uh, that fear was away, was gone, I became a good base dealer because I no longer uh, cared about getting picked off because I was, was, I was going to gamble. I was going to gamble that I was going to uh, steal a base. So uh, with that, I began to learn how to take a bigger and bigger lead, and it made it so much easier for me to steal bases. Once I found out that uh, I could come back head first and not get picked off as much, I became a great base dealer. Great base dealers, mm-hmm. key on something with a pitcher when they're in their set position. Mm-hmm. What did you look for that said, I can go? Okay, uh, it could be the shoulders, the head, the hips, the, the, the legs. My main key was if I can get three steps on the pitcher before he lets the ball go, I got a pretty good chance of making this, of stealing the base. So, my main key was to get to the top, my top speed as soon as possible. I found, I found the key. I knew the key before I got on base because I was watching him while he was warming up in the bullpen and I was warming up on the side. I could, I could see the, the, the pitcher. Also, if I didn't get on base to lead off the game, I stayed on the bench and watched uh, for the hitter to get on base so that I can see what the pitcher, how the pitcher is holding the runner on so that when I got on base, I knew what to do. It was, is it a full body scan that you looked at or, or, yes. or one thing in particular? No. Like Ricky Henderson would say, I watched the, mm-hmm. the elbow. Yes. I, yes, it's a full body scan, and then you break it down. So you start with a full body scan, and then you break it down. You could, it could be the elbows, like Ricky said. It could be the back of the knees. It could be the shoulder. It could be him take, the pitcher taking a deep breath and relaxing both shoulders before he goes home. And you have to have the cool, calm demeanor of a, a thief to steal bases, you know. And like you said, eliminate that fear. And you said three steps but you wanted to get down to second base in 11 steps with a slide, right? It takes it. Lou Brock, main thing was 11 steps and a slide. And, and I counted it, and that was just right on, right on cue. Who did you watch 
to become a great base stealer. You mentioned Lou Brock, one of the all-time greatest. Ricky Henderson sold more bases than anybody, and you played in the same time. But who did you watch in particular? I watched uh, Davey Lopes with the Dodgers, Billy North, Garfield, Garfield High School in Seattle. Uh, I watched Willie Wilson. Dave, I, I watched uh, Omar Moreno. Yeah, uh, Ricky Henderson, and I took little things from each each player, and I, p- I put it into my game. And we watched you for many years steal a lot of bases. You had the opportunity, Julio, to go down to spring training for about a week or so and, and work with the, the team on getting a lead on base stealing, running the bases in particular as well. What was that like for you and, uh, you know, teaching these kids how to become better base stealers? It was great, Rick, because uh, I got their attention – because when I got there, uh, Scott Service introduced me, and when he introduced me, he also read some of my stats off, base stealing stats, which was kind of neat. And, and, and that way, the kids were able to say, oh, well, this guy was legit. Yeah. He, he stole 40 bases a year, so he can play. Uh, just, this is someone we can listen to. And that's what I felt, that they, uh, they listened to what I had to say. Uh, now they have to put it into... In, in, into their own game, and little by little, it's, it's not easy. So these kids, uh, Rick, are 22 years old. When I was 22, I was an A-ball. Yeah. These, these kids are 22 and in the big leagues and starting in the big leagues. So, that's, so you're learning at the big league level, which is tough. Well, that was something. You show up at spring training the first day on the job. The Mariners steal six bases against the Texas Rangers. Uh, at uh, spring training. Julio, thank you so much for the visit. You were so much fun to watch, turning the double play, stealing bases. Thanks a lot for being our first guest here on Rick's Tips. All right, Rick. Thanks so much. I appreciate it. Julio Cruz, Juice, the cruiser. He was quite a ball player for the early Mariners. Julio anchored down second base from 1977, the first year of the franchise, until June the 15th of 1983 when he was traded to the White Sox for Tony Bernazard. And uh, with the White Sox, he helped uh, Chicago in their run for the American League West uh, flag that year. But while he was a Mariner, oh, how he could play. Who can forget the dazzling fielding plays? A Mariner record 11 putouts in an extra inning game in 1981. Also turned a club record five double plays in that game. And it was the cruiser who gobbled up the final out in Gaylord Perry's 300th win. But most of all, it was his base running for which we will remember Julio. His 290 steals as a Mariner, our club record. But he's in the American League record book for his 32 consecutive steals from September of 1980 until June the 11th of 81. Number 32 came in a game against the Orioles. It's on the way to Baki as Cruz goes. It's outside, throw through to second is not in time. He's tied the record. Julio Cruz has stolen 32 in a row. And it wasn't that bad a throw by Dempsey. As Cruz went in head first, it may have hit Cruz or the bag and gone into center field. And Mr. Julio Cruz has tied the all-time American League record 32 consecutive steals and 28 straight this year. My, oh, my. Well, Julio went on to steal 343 bases in his career and had a season high of 59 in 1978. That was a Mariners club record until Harold Reynolds swiped a league-leading 60 in 1987. Julio Cruz truly provided us with many Mariner memories. See you later! Okay, picture this. 
It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.